I just remember going to pick you up in Thornton. Yeah. I used to have a 68 Impala. First time I met Mindy, Roz and I went to get her. Got pulled over. It was quite the experience. I left quite, I left quite the mark, right? <laughs> Roz and Mindy were both much. I wasn't naughty, but I was a little bit more on the edge, probably. <laughs> but anyways, Mindy's awesome, and I love when Mindy speaks to us. She is, um, she always touches my heart. So, and she's wearing a glorious dress. Fabulous. I'm going to go try to find one, even though you said there aren't any more. <laughs> Good morning. Um, I'm going to pray before we get started. Father God, I just thank you for this opportunity that you have given me. And I ask you, Lord, to speak through me and touch. You speak to every heart here, where they're at, what they need today. And I trust you to do that, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, um, Recently, I know Jenny had been speaking on who does God say you are, and um, I'm going to kind of touch on that, and um, the, my message today is who do you say you are? So um, I was asked to speak today, and I was like, okay, you know, a few weeks ago, and, and I was like, well, what am I going to talk about? I didn't have anything, like, sitting there. Like, sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm kind of, you know, I just have something that I've been, you know, kind of simmering on. You know, not this time. So I, um, it was probably just a couple weeks ago, and I was starting to feel a little anxious about it because typically I have kind of thoughts dropping into my, into my heart for, you know, weeks on end, and I write them down, and I have, so I'm, like, preparing a message for a couple of months, and, you know, that's just kind of my my go-to, how I do it, and um, so anyway, I, it was coming down, for me anyway, down to the wire, it was two weeks ago, and I told Jenny, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about, <laughs> and, um, but thankfully, God is faithful, and um, <laughs> so I, thank you, um, was just kind of thinking about it one day, and um, you know, the thought was, who do you say you are? So, um, you know, before we go there, we're going to back up to some of the things Jenny had talked about. Who does God say we are? That's where we need to start, right? Um, so I have a lot of scripture today, and a lot of this is in the Passion Translation. I don't think we have that translation on our board, so I'm going to just, I don't even have a tr Passion Translation Bible, so I just have it printed here. So, um, But first of all, God says you are loved. Romans 5 8, but Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. God says you are chosen, 1 Peter 2 9, but you are God's chosen treasure. You are God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. God says you are redeemed, 
Ephesians 1, 7, again in the Passion, since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of our sins, all because of the cascading riches of his grace. God says, you are favored. I like that one. Psalms 5.12, Lord, how wonderfully you bless the righteous. Your favor wraps each one and covers them under your canopy of kindness and joy. God says you are blessed. Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. Psalms 146.5, God says you are healed. 2 Peter 2.24, he himself carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness. I love this in the Passion Translation. Our instant healing flowed from his wounding. God says that you have purpose and an amazing destiny. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Um, so that just, like, sits so good, doesn't it? It just, you could just sit there, and I can just feel God's love and just his presence and his just passion for me with those scriptures. But we live in a natural world, right? And sometimes we have to work out our lives don't always feel like these scriptures, do they? So um, I have a picture. Did you get the picture? Am I, are we able to show that today? I read this article recently, and I was really um, touched by it. Um, so this picture is actually um, the same gal in 2005 and in June 2021. Her name is Jenny Burton. And um, I read this article uh, a few weeks ago, and it just, just, I just kept thinking about it. Um, so she says, um, said in this article that she was actually introduced to drugs by her mother when she was seven years old. Um, by age 15, she was a, a full-blown crack addict. Um, she quit school in ninth grade. Um, she was in and out of school before that and eventually quit. Um, she said that um, she also, you know, began to be in and out of prison, obviously, for drugs. Um, and she said, it was almost like I was watching my life from the outside. I started using, and then I couldn't stop, and I wanted to stop, and I couldn't stop for anything. Um, so in 2012, she uh, was arrested for the last time. And so here's someone who, uh, you know, despised who she was and her life that she was living, and yet kept returning to it when she would get out of prison immediately, right? She did not want to do it, and yet she did it. She kept returning to it. So in 2012, she was arrested again, and um, I, I've actually, there's a lot of articles on her on, you know, if you Google Jenny Burton. Um, one of the articles said that she was so thankful to be arrested. <laughs> in 2012, she was so thankful because she hated the life she lived. And um, she ended up going into, uh, I believe, like a drug treatment type facility in prison. Um, and she said 
quote, I recognized my problem was me. It wasn't what my mom did to me. It wasn't the abuse that I experienced from my husband. It was the choices that I was making. And so I became really, really committed to figuring me out, to changing the narrative. I recognized the messages I had been giving myself, those came from somewhere else, and at some point, I made the decision to consent to making those my truths. And so it had to be possible for me to change those things. So um, the article went on to say that, that she would um, write down positive words about herself and repeat them to herself over and over throughout the day. Um, and she said, eventually I was able to actually look myself in the eyes and tell myself, I love myself. So that's what I've done every day for almost nine years as I've reaffirmed those messages. So in 2012, she went back to prison. She got out of prison. She went to college, and she graduated college this year, June 2021. Um, with like a political science degree, like, you know, something hard. <laughs> um, so what a transformation. You know, this article, she didn't really cite God so much, but you know what she did cite, or she did say, is stuff that God says that we should say. God says about us, you know, that we are, she was speaking the word of God over her life and didn't even realize it you know, and God's word is powerful. God's word is powerful. So, you know, we say that um, Romans ten seventeen says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith is a belief. Faith is a belief. And my question to us is, what do we believe about ourselves? What's the narrative that we have about ourselves? And does it need change? Does it need some of the light of the word of God repeated to us over and over and over until we believe it? James 3, 4 tells us that a rudder controls the entire direction of a ship the same way our tongues control the direction of our lives. Are we able to look in the mirror and look at the person in the mirror and say, I love you. I'm here for you. I value you. And I'm going to take care of you today. You are not powerless. You have been given gifts, and they're going to come out, and God's going to draw them out, and you are going to see God move in your life. Are we able to do that? You have the ability to change the direction of your life with your words. You can change the narrative. So, again, back to what she said, um, that she became committed to figuring it out, to changing the narrative. She recognized the messages that, uh, she says, I recognize the messages I had been giving myself. Those came from somewhere else, and at some point, I made the decision to consent to making those my truths. God's truth is not subjective. I'll say that again. God's truth is not subjective. Sometimes we believe something that is not his truth. 
And his truth doesn't change depending on what you've done, where you've been, what you've experienced. His truth is not subjective. He still says, I'm passionate about you. He still says, you are more than a conqueror. He still says, you are blessed. He still says that I am going to bless your generations if you follow me. God's truth is not subjective. So who do you say you are, though, when the chips are down? What's the narrative? Because, you know, we all have things in our lives. We all have had different experiences that maybe we've believed a lie. We believed it as truth, and it's a lie. Who do you say you are when you've messed up? Who do you say you are when you've disappointed others, when you've failed? Who do you say you are when you plan to lose 10 pounds and you gain five? That's painful, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who do you say you are when someone is mad at you? What's the narrative? Who do you say you are? Someone's mad at you, but what does God still say you are? Who do you say you are when you're having troubles at work, at home? Who do you say you are when someone criticizes you, decisions you've made, the life you live? Again, God's truth is not subjective. Jeremiah 31.3 says, this is the New King James, the Lord has appeared to me, of, the Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. 1 Corinthians 13, we love this passion, passage. And again, it's in the Passion Translation, so it won't be on the board. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's own achievements or inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not irritated, excuse me, love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best of others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. The Bible says God is love. So here I'm going to read this again. God is large and incredibly patient. God is gentle and consistently kind to all. He refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. God does not brag about one's own achievements or inflate his own importance. God does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek his own power. God is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. God joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. God is a safe place of shelter. For he never stops believing the best for others. God never takes failure as defeat, for he never gives up. 
God never stops loving. So it was interesting, Jenny um, said that I came here when I was 16, which is correct. She said 15, I said 16. I was 16 when I came here. Um, I moved here when my sister and brother-in-law uh, came here to be the children's ministers. Um, so I moved in with them, and I graduated from uh, what is West Fork now, was SCMT back then. And um, I uh, came here because I did not have a safe place to live. And Tim and Sue were a safe place. Tim was very, I've never saw him angry or mad. But I came from a very angry household. My dad died when I was 11 and my mom remarried. My stepdad was a very angry man. And it was anger that it was something that was like, it would shock you, like you weren't expecting it. Like you do something wrong, didn't even, I mean, not purposely or intentionally, all of a sudden someone's screaming at you. That does something to your brain, right? It creates lies about who you are. So I didn't come here for the joy of coming here when I was 16. You don't leave a home. You don't leave home when you're 14 for no reason. I lived with another sister for a, a little over a year. So I came here, um, again, you know, my stepdad was just very angry, but very Christian. He graduated from Rama. He had a ministry. <laughs> More uh, crazy vision of what I saw as Christians, right? Um, really fought against, or God's truth is not subjective, but our lives, sometimes we believe the lie of who God is by who has misrepresented him. And um, so I, again, you know, I came here, and I never left. You guys are so awesome. No. God, God has kept me here. And um, I, in reading Jenny's Jenny, Jenny Burton's story, um, where she says, again, I'm going to reread her quote. So I became really committed to figuring me out, to changing the narrative. I recognized the messages I'd been giving myself. Those came from somewhere else, and at some point, I made the decision to consent to making those my truth. So I um, came here, you know, I was 16 years old, and for many years, I, um, any type of conflict had me running scared, right? So not only that, but when we are, um, when our trauma or pain is triggered, we have this flood, our brain has this flood of emotion, and it, and, you know, our rational self is flooded, our brains, we can't, we, it's, we can't, um, how do I say it? Our normal mentation is changed. There are times we can't think straight. Has anyone ever had that? Like something happened to me and it was said, I can't even think straight because that trauma has been triggered in my brain. So I've had this flood. So anytime there was conflict, right, I didn't think conflict was even godly. Well, that's not true. I mean, how can you live with anyone and not have conflict, right? So um, 
you know, we have three beautiful, willful children. And um, it's been interesting because the last year and a half I have purposefully sat myself in therapy because what's happened is that my 14-year-old pain was so triggered by my children and they learn so fast our soft spots children do and to get and they're just brilliant they are they're brilliant God uses you know I think the Bible says children are a blessing from the Lord I really think what that means is they're a blessing because they force you to grow <laughs> just my personal thought there so um, my children and the Ralston clan are really demonstrative. And my family, other than my stepdad, were really not, like, there wasn't yelling, screaming, bawling, kicking, swearing, that kind of stuff in my childhood. So um, I have children who are behaving in that manner, and I am having these blood through my brain, and what's happening is it's triggering so that I'm feeling the same helplessness I felt when I was 14 when my children are thrown a fit because I say no. So what happens? I back off. Fine, take it, do whatever you want, right? How many know that's not a healthy situation for children or for me or for anyone? So I have, in the last year and a half, sat myself in therapy because not only is that being triggered, it has been triggered, but it's, it's affecting my parenting, it's affected my family, right? So I have really, I mean, we get into this fight, flight, or freeze when stuff is triggered in our lives. And mine is very much freeze because I have been, Allie came into our house a few weeks ago, and she wasn't even mad at me. She was mad about a situation, but she was like, like, like really big. And I was like, I work from home. I can't get away from it. And I later was talking to Stacy, my therapist, about it. And I'm like, and then, and then I said, and, but then she, and I couldn't even get a full sentence out. And she said, so you've like sat there and, and um, the last five sentences you haven't been able to complete. I'm like, I know. I can't even communicate. And, you know, again, we have the conversation often about trauma being triggered and the flood comes in your brain and you cannot, I, I go into this freeze mode. I don't go into the fight mode. And, um, but it's just interesting. She wasn't even mad at me, but it triggered it, right? So here I am at my age <laughs> and I am working on, I'm putting myself, I'm doing the work to change the narrative of who do I say I am, right? And when we are able to change the narrative, when our natural meets God's super, Transformation. Yeah, exactly. And here's the deal. I'm sharing with you, like, I'm not sharing with you from the mountaintop. And I'm not sharing with you from the valley. I'm sharing with you today in the middle of the climb. Because I know that I am going to 
beat this, I am going to be able to parent my children in a healthy manner. I am going to be the agent of change in my kids' lives. I am going to say no and toe the line and hold them there. I am. So I am not on the mountaintop. I am climbing the mountaintop. And right now the ledge feels really, really small. And sometimes there feels like there's rock slides coming down from the top, but I am not going down because, you know what, I'm changing the narrative. I am chosen. I am loved. I am redeemed. I am favored. I'm changing that narrative in my life. Hi there. <laughs> um, so it is interesting as well because there are times when I feel like I'm stuck, like I can't think past this scenario right now. I can't think around it. I got someone in my face, I want my way. Kids, that's just kids, right? Well, willful children. <laughs> willful children with parents who have, they're touching their pain, right? And I cannot think around it. I can't, I can't, I, I, there are times where I'm looking at my kids and they're, and I'm like, what do I do? What do I say? How am I, I can't, what, what? Again. And um, as always, we have heard so many times recently the need for the body of Christ, the need for the support of one another. And I had a rough day with um, Theo not too long ago, and, and Doug texts me and he says, you know you're not right. Like I had said some stuff Theo said to me, you know, because kids, they're again, or they push the button. Oh, this makes mom jump. Oh, I'm going to keep pushing that button, right? Remember Nurtured Heart with Stacy? She said that we are our kids' favorite toy. Ooh, that one makes mama go crazy, <laughs> right? So um, Doug texts me and he said, maybe start repeating back to him who you are. I haven't even been talking to him about what I've been thinking on, praying about, studying. A great mother, a great provider, a mother who loves her family, takes care of them in a godly manner. Tell him he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I am all of this and more. Ground him out with your positivity and who you really are. So who do you say you are when someone's saying you're not? Are you able to say, no, I am loved, I am chosen, I am strong, I am not powerless, I am powerful. So we um, often don't want conflict. We don't want the resistance. We don't want that because it doesn't feel good. But I had was listening to this podcast recently, and it was just an interesting. They were talking about that this um, this study was done where they were growing trees in a completely um, in an environment that was free of any stress. So, you know, I don't know if it was in a building or what. They were growing plants and trees, and what kept happening is they would get they would grow to a certain point, and then they would all die. The trees would die, and they didn't understand why. And um, they concluded that the reason for it, because it happened more, more than once, they kept, you know, they, were, they kept doing it. The reason for it is because trees are used to the storms. They're used to 
bearing up against the wind. They're used to the cold. They're used to the temperature change. I mean, as they grow in a natural environment, that's, and, and what happens, they say, is that trees grow their roots the deepest during winter. So when it's 30 below out there and we're all going like this, to think of the tree is like, oh, I'm digging in. I'm going down. I'm hunkering down more, right? And, but yet we put those things in an environment where there's no resistance and they have no strength to grow. They have no strength to thrive. Resistance doesn't feel good. But without a great test, there cannot be a great testimony. So um, I am just going to close with um, these post-it notes that we've been doing the last few weeks. Um, is last week I got one dropped in my, my lap and it said, Fighter for the Lord. And I was like, whoa. I would never have thought of myself like that, you know? Like, and I just left it there, and I was looking at it like, fighter for the Lord. Oh, interesting. But you know what? How awesome it is that we can, to hear what other people see in us. What a great thing of encouragement, and not only that, but prophetic over our lives. You know, I was with uh, Christy not long ago with Theo, and we were... Um, at a, I had ordered pizza, and so I hopped out to go get it, and um, I get back in, and, the, and Christy's like, Theo, what, tell your mom what you just said, and Theo's like, oh, I just said the excitement just left the car, and I'm like, I am the excitement. I never would have put, put me as that person. I'm not a cheerleader. I'm like, put me in a corner with a book. I am the excitement, right? <laughs> what an amazing thing it is to share with others the positive things we see in others' lives, but also how it makes us feel and to think, a fighter for the Lord. You know what? I am a fighter for the Lord. I am a fighter for change. I am a fighter for freedom. I am a fighter to see God move in your life like he's moving in mine. I am a fighter to see you change and your families grow and to see our seats filled with people hungry for God. I'm fighting for that. Amen. And that's all I had. <laughs> so thank you guys. So let's sing about how we fight our battles. Anybody going to help me? <laughs> oh, I'm like, anyone? Bueller? 